What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Friday, October 28th. We are talking about the game plan needed to defeat the Detroit Lions in Week 8 of the 2022 NFL season. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect Technology, exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. Thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. It is game plan time, and we have to familiar familiarize ourselves uh, with the Detroit Lions, even more so than what we had a chance to do with Matt yesterday on the crossover Thursday uh, with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Great discussion. Um, but this exploratory dive, if you will, into Detroit um, really sets the table for the Dolphins to uh, capitalize on an opportunity here where you even look so far as the injury report through Thursday. And I'm recording this on Friday morning, um, but let, let's – be honest, the Dolphins have been a banged-up football team, and the Dolphins are now going to have to press forward without Brandon Jones. There will be several players that are critical in covering those losses and what the Dolphins want to do. One of them is probably Duke Riley. I would imagine Verone McKinley is going to have a bigger role uh, because that will allow uh, Javon Holland to move around a little bit more as well. But if you look at the injury report, it's a long list. Teron Armstead's on it. Xavier Howard's on it. Jerome Baker's on it. Emmanuel Ogba's on it. Zach Sealer's on it. Jalen Waddle's on it. Christian Wilkins is on it. Liam Eikenberg, Raheem Mostert, Thomas Morstead, Robert Hunt. A lot of significant names for the Dolphins. But aside of the players that we know will not be playing, I don't know what's happening with Austin Jackson, uh, but I am also less concerned about Austin Jackson because Brandon Shell's giving you a couple of really good games at right tackle. The Dolphins had one player on Thursday who did not participate in practice of the players who were capable and eligible to play. So not Brandon Jones's, not Byron Jones still on PUP, presumably not Austin Jackson because they, they can, he continues to be AWOL despite his 21-day uh, clock ticking when the Dolphins put him back on the practice field. Thomas Morstead was the only Miami Dolphins player eligible to play on the active roster who did not practice on Thursday in at least some capacity. And it was an illness. It was not injury related. When's the last time we could say that? That's progress. It's steady progress through the adversity, the early season adversity that the Dolphins hit. And of course the Dolphins are observing, ab absorbing other injuries like Brandon Jones's that are going to put new players in, more prominent positions. But you juxtapose that 
to Detroit's current situation. And it sounds like and looks like they're going to get DeAndre Swift back. He's been a full participant both days of practice thus far this week. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, a limited participant um, through concussion protocol. He's a critical player for them. Um, some of their other players are trending in the right direction. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, starting tight end, and Jonah Jackson, starting left guard. They did not participate on Wednesday. They were limited participants on Thursday. Okay. But this team also has a block of six players who have not participated in a single practice yet this week. Deshaun Elliott, starting safety. Charles Harris has been a starting pass rusher. Mike Hughes and Chase Lucas, a couple of their corners. I can't tell you that those guys would be starters between what, what Detroit already has in Amani Oyori and, and Jeff Akuda. But Amani Oyori has scored as the worst corner in football through the first seven weeks of this season. Dead last out of 110 corners. Dead last. Jeff Akuda's played inspired ball. But if you have the NFL's 32nd ranked defense in yards allowed, and you now don't have, and Ifitu Melifanwu is another one of their players who has not participated in any practices thus far. If they, if the Lions come into this game and they are down Elliott, Harris, Hughes, Lucas, and Melifanwu defensively, in addition to what this defensive depth chart already provides you for a defense that is dead last in the NFL in points allowed and yards allowed, and they're 30th in the NFL in turnover differential, there's blood in the water for the Miami Dolphins. And usually we talk about how sharks since blood in the water, right? Uh, a little biology joke, a pun, play on words here on a Friday. Uh, Detroit through six games, 194 points allowed. So I understand the owner made an uncharacteristic appearance this week and offered her vote of confidence for the leadership but at the end of the day, the Dolphins are the more talented football team. It's not debatable. It's not. No, Detroit plays hard. And any Dolphins fan who thinks that you are going to sleepwalk and cakewalk through this football game, I strongly encourage you to drop that mentality. Detroit's going to fight. They're going to play hard. They always do under Dan Campbell. There will be some motivating factors for Detroit to show up and play a good game. And this is a team that, that has given some teams some tough outs thus far this season. They lost by three to the Eagles. Now, granted, Philly put up 455 yards and rushed for 216. No, they gave the Vikings everything that they could handle. The Vikings actually had to come back at home and win that game late. Vikings scored 14 unanswered in the fourth quarter and went by four points. It's 24-14 going into the fourth quarter. And the KJ Osborne game-winning touchdown was 28 yards out with 45 seconds left in the game. So don't assume, please don't assume, that the Dolphins are going to cakewalk this game. They, are, they have the potential to cakewalk this game. How do we get there? It's a great question, and that's what we're going to explore next. We're going to look at both sides. Just some, some final statistics on Detroit that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, Detroit conceding 48% of opposing third downs to be converted this season. That is 31st out of 32 teams in the NFL. Uh, they are 27th or 22nd in the NFL 
on fourth down conversions defensively. They are 29th in the NFL in red zone defense uh, versus touchdowns. About 70% of opposing trips in the red zone are converted into touchdowns. Uh, The Lions are also, from a yardage perspective, uh, 31st in the NFL in rushing defense. They are 22nd in the NFL in passing defense. They've logged two interceptions on the season. That is 27th in the NFL. Their 2,473 yards allowed is dead last in the NFL. Their 194 points allowed is dead last in the NFL. Uh, They have forced five turnovers through the first six games that they have played. They have forced one turnover in each of the last five games that they have played defensively. Um, Opposing teams average 2.64 yards per drive. That is dead last in the NFL. And... um, Needless to say, the opportunities against this Detroit defense are there for Miami. How do we get there is what we're going to talk about after we talk about our friends over at Simply Safe. Here's a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the Enzo. You need the strongest defense you can muster, which is why I use Simply Safe Home Security at Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters with cutting-edge technology and powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. You will know that your home is safe. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door. With HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, there are smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when the threat is real. Even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats in your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. You could save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There is no safe. No safe. I simply say. So defensively, uh, against this Detroit team, I actually, let me start here. I, I think we're all going to affiliate the Lions as being a a blue-collar team that plays really hard. They are physical in the line of scrimmage, but we've acknowledged the talent deficiency that that does exist as a team that is in the midst of a teardown and rebuild. There's there's a lot that Detroit doesn't have luxury-wise, but knowing that they are going to be a physical team up front on both sides of the ball, I think where, where my game plan starts for this game is I think you can effectively funnel Detroit on both sides. Because you look at the talent away from where they are strongest. They are strongest on the offensive line with Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnall, Penny Sewell, and then whoever is playing right guard, whether it's Evan Brown or Matt Nelson or Dan Skipper or Logan Stemper, or like whoever that right guard is. That is their core and their strength. And then they've got a couple of physical backs in Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift and a really good tight end in TJ Hawkinson. And then Amon Ross St. Brown plays a lot from the slot. He's a really physical player, really good ball skills. Going to be an impact player for them, assuming he's able to play. But what else do you have? And this goes back to the conversation that I had with Chris Carter with Locked On Steelers last week and what his hope was for Pittsburgh to be able to do defensively, which was 
bracket and isolate the strength and make your peripheral players win the matchups. And I think this is one of the areas where Miami's in a unique situation. Because in the midst of all the losses in the Dolphins' secondary this season, Detroit's other players, their other peripheral players, is tight end Brock Wright, who plays a significant amount of snaps because Detroit loves them some 12 and 13 personnel. They love to come out in heavy sets and run the ball, and they like to come out with an extra offensive lineman, so they'll come out in 13 personnel, but one of the tight ends is actually an extra offensive lineman and put a bunch of beef on line scrimmage. Why? Because they don't have the talent to play outside. If they're going to do that in this game, they're playing into the Dolphins' strength, in my mind, because of the depth that the Dolphins have in the front. But even if they try and spread the field, if the game script goes in a way in which they try to spread the field because they have to pass the ball, if you put Xavier Howard on Amon Ross St. Brown, you're going to like the matchup. You'll take the matchup for 60 minutes. Okay, so then you can, in the middle of the field, send extra attention to TJ Hawkinson. And then between Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, and Tom Kennedy, plus the practice squad candidates to play in this game at wide receiver, Josh Johnson, Stanley Berryhill. Now, Quintez Sivas uh, and DJ Chark will not play in this game, and Jamison Williams, uh, the rookie, is still on uh, the non-football injury list. We're not going to see him. You can trust your corners. You should be able to trust your corners to win matchups against Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, and Tom Kennedy. And if those become one-on-one situations where you don't have to play with the extra hat high, then you can really load the box. You can win the point of attack. And I think the Dolphins front can create stalemates against a good Detroit offensive line. And you can have the extra numbers in the box that you need to have a lot of success defending Detroit's rushing attack. And just looking offensively at the last couple of weeks for Detroit. Detroit, here's the trend for their rushing offense. They rush for 181 against Philly. That's a big deal. And they rushed for 191 against Washington. In the weeks that have followed, 139 against Minnesota, 145 against Seattle, 101 against the Patriots, and 117 against the Cowboys. The rushing attack has fallen off a bit. And yeah, DeAndre Swift and his health has been a, a part of that. But after they hung up 181 on Philly, they've played some softer fronts. And yet they have still regressed. I think Miami is well positioned with what is outside to play with more one-on-ones, not feel so pressured to play soft on the back end. I think that especially when you consider Jared Goff as well. Jared Goff's a good NFL quarterback. But every time the Dolphins have seen Jared Goff or the this style defense has seen Jared Goff, they're able to dictate terms in a way that really accentuates the weaknesses in Jared Goff's game. And I do not think while Jared Goff was in L.A. and he had significant targets to throw the, the ball to, guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, you don't have that guy. You don't have those guys. And I think defensively, Miami has matchups they will feel good about to play a little bit more 
aggressively than what the attrition in the personnel group has allowed them to play with over the course of the last month or so. I really think you will see a more aggressive Dolphins defense to fly around, to attack the backfield. You're going to get 13 personnel? Yeah, we're going to load it up. We're probably going to go with a heavy front, probably go odd front and try and occupy the interior blockers. Um, But you've got a lot of bodies who can play hybrid. Jalen Phillips can play inside alignments. Andrew Van Ginkle can walk up outside and play super wide, but take on a tight end. Melvin Ingram, same thing. I mean, shoot, you could also, assuming you're going to get Emmanuel Agba back, you can take Emmanuel Agba, Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer and play a four-man front that way. We just saw Christian Wilkins take a bunch of snaps as a fourth or as a, a defensive end who's playing outside over top of tackles last week against Pittsburgh because the Dolphins didn't have Agba and Wilkins took the role. So if the Lions want to go 13 and they want to put the sixth offensive lineman in, send all four of those guys in and then have Van Ginkle and either or either Van Ginkle or Ingram and Phillips out there on the edges. And you could play probably a single stack. You play two backers behind it because if they're going 13 and you got a sixth offensive lineman, they're not going to stress and space the field to any intense degree. I think Miami has a lot of answers for what Detroit would like to do. And if they want to go with that heavy stuff, I'm putting all four of those defensive linemen out there. And I'm willing to let the guys, you know, we'll see if we get Keon Crossing back. We'll see if we get Cater Kohu back. Would like to think you're going to get at least one of them. Cater's missed the last two weeks now. Miami personnel-wise, you know, I'd be more willing to let these guys play some one-on-ones and really fly around and play aggressive because I think you can have some of the success. Detroit has nine turnovers over the last three games offensively. Let's go get some of that. Because against this defense that that Detroit has, I think you will find less resistance to to finish drives, as evidenced by we just talked about Detroit red zone defensively is 29th in the NFL. 70% of drives into the red zone finishing touchdowns. And that has been a strength of Miami's because of the anticipation of Tua Tungvaloa as as a passer. And some success early in the season running the ball down in the red zone on short fields. So that's where I that's where I view the Dolphins defense matching up against Detroit's offense. I think there's a lot of advantageous opportunities for the Dolphins to play an aggressive plan. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and can be done entirely online. You can get matched with the therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with challenges in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there is no better feeling. Therapists can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. But we kindly ask that 
If you find yourself in that situation, you consider better help. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to save 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Let's talk about personnel for the, the Lions defense and specifically what we can do. I'm looking at the middle of the field, and I got big eyes, excited opportunities across the middle of the field against this Detroit front. Because, again, their strength, Jeff Okuda is a good player. He should be. He was top five pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Aiden Hutchinson, top three pick. He's had a strong start to his season as a rookie player. There's been ebbs and flows. But he has had some strong moments. They have another rookie in Josh Pascal, a defensive end, was drafted in the second round out of Kentucky. Good player, physical player, not the most explosive, not the most uh, flexible. But I look at Aiden Hutchinson. And if you get Hutchinson against Teron Armstead, I think Teron, with his technicality and athleticism, is the kind of guy that can really test Aiden and school him a bit for 60 minutes. Pascal is the guy you'd like to get on Brandon Shell um, because I don't think he's quite explosive enough. Now, he's powerful, and you got to make sure you're, you're set and anchored because if you're not, he'll come up underneath you and he'll create a soft angle. But I think Shell has the, the functional strength to handle Pascal. Hutchinson against Shell... I'm probably sliding a little bit more to that side to give him a little bit more inside help and probably trying to look to to send the back that way or tight ends to chip and, and just give a little extra help. But the, your interior rushers, it doesn't sound like Michael Brockers uh, is going to play. Lee McNeil, Isaiah Bugs, Benito Jones. Are these players that that strike fear? They should not be. Now, they're they're tough, hard-nosed, physical players. Yes. But you're going to put Robert Hunt and Connor Williams up against that group? Well, Lee Meigenberg, I don't, I don't think any of the interior guys for Detroit have the physical power and quick-twitch ability to test Liam. I, tr- I trust this is going to be a strong performance from Liam relative to his own standards and scale because of the movement skills and, and, and physical gifts of the players that are lined up. I like it. I, so I like your matchups up front. On the second level and in the middle of the field in coverage, you got a rookie free safety Kirby Joseph. Deshaun Elliott hadn't practiced all week. We don't know if we're going to see him. They're already missing Tracy Walker, who's their best defensive player. Beyond that, you got Juju Hughes. If you if Fitu Melifanwu would probably be the third safety, and he hasn't practiced all week either. So you're looking at Kirby Joseph, Juju Hughes, and CJ Moore, the safeties for this team. And then the corners, we've mentioned Jeff Akuda. Mike Hughes has not practiced all week. Chase Lucas has not practiced all week. So you got Amani Oyuarie, who has scored as the least effective corner in football 
A.J. Parker, Jerry Jacobs, Will Harris against Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Oh, and the linebackers, Alec Anzalone, Malcolm Rodriguez, sixth-round pick, Derek Barnes, Chris Board. I look at all of this, and every area that you had success, particularly with the RPO passing game, is something that Miami should look to replicate but I also think Miami has more opportunities in this game to create explosives down the field. Double moves, because we just went through the personnel up front. You're going to have a little bit more time in total. That's not a guarantee. It's not guaranteed. But in general, you have, will have more time than average on your season to this point to hold in pass protection. I genuinely might do seven-man protections on a couple play-action shots and run post, deep cross, and some kind of back out of the backfield with the ball fake as the check down. And I would read it top-down. One, post, two, cross, three, check. Because these are the kinds of players that you should theoretically be able to hit some of these big plays on vertically down the field. Now, you then, as a play caller, Mike McDaniel, you have to find the right balance to make sure how do we get there in a way that allows us to be on schedule? Well, a couple different ways that you can do that. You can do this from under center, and the challenge with doing it from under center is that you are going to have the quarterback take the snap, turn his back all the way to the defense, carry out the ball fake, then turn around and get set back up on a deep set drop and get his eyes downfield and find where to throw the ball. That takes time. And when it takes time like that, with the speed that these receivers actually have, you run the risk of the ball being thrown late because of the time with the play fake added to the the deep set drop. You could also do it from the gun. And if you do it from the gun, the timing is much more favorable because you as the quarterback now, you're riding a mesh that you can get out of much quicker and you can find the safeties faster because you're not turning your back to the defense. The give and the take is that you're not having as convincing of a ball fake in play action because you're not turning your back to the defense and extending the ball out to show it to defenders to say, here's the ball, it's going in the back's belly. But I think with this, the the talent in the back seven for Detroit, I would rather have a timely fake so that the ball can get out quicker than a more effective and convincing fake. So if I'm doing my shot plays, I'm taking him out of the gun where Tua does not have to turn his back completely to the defense, turn and hold the ball out, take a half-naked boot, and then set himself up and try and throw back across the field to the safety that's or to the post that's breaking away from the way that he rolled. I don't live in that world. I'm a gun snap, ball out. I'm going to ride like it's inside zone, and then I'll take a quick three. Ball hits the back foot, or back foot hits the ground, balls out. Lay it into space. 
I really like the matchups here. Now you got to execute and you can't show up and just expect you're going to be given the win because that's a recipe to lose a game because Detroit ain't going to lay down for nobody. But there are talent opportunities across the board. And I watched three games of Detroit between yesterday and today. So the more that I watch, the more that I like. I'm running a lot of RPOs. If they're giving us too high, I'll probably run the ball a lot. I think you can get movement up front. I'm looking for free access when I get up under center. Okay, if they load the box. Okay, I want to have different concepts on each half of the field for my RPO game. And then I want to run some shot plays with gun play fakes. And seven-man protection, you're sending Tyreek and Jalen out into routes, and then the back carrying out of their uh, play fake uh, to make sure that there's protections good and then just leak out into the flat so that you have something honest to high-low if they do play zone to the side of that deep cross, you'll have something to catch the eye of that perimeter player to potentially drive up in front and drive to the flat and open up that intermediate window. Let's see, let's see how they choose to do it. But those would be some key points of emphasis for me in this game to get the Dolphins to 5-3. and three. Let's see where we find ourselves at 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. Fins up, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. We do have a special sixth episode this week coming out with our friend Joe Rose. Going to be meeting with him in a couple of hours, and we're going to have a conversation uh, about this Dolphins season to this point. And I look forward to bringing you that conversation as our sixth episode of the week. Fins up, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks for listening.